With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Facet, every individual, there'd be a, well, then there's this, but possibly that. There was only one area in which I never wavered. That was this. The Pirates' bullpen has some serious arms. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning from Chicago. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I was there yesterday to cover the Pirates' beating the Cubs 5-3. to three. And the analysis of this thing, I have a feeling, is going to be a lot different than what the highlights package will be. The highlights package is going to be Brian Hayes and his 411-foot two-run homer in the first inning that went directly into a nasty, a nasty wriggly wind coming in off the left field porch. No one who saw it could believe it. It was not 411 feet in a normal circumstance. That thing was absolutely murdered. It really was. This kid is, oh, there I go again. Not not going onto the haze tangent, not jumping on the haze train, just letting him do his thing, you know? Here, how about we talk about this with Hayes instead? He went one for five. Uh, with a walk, which means he really didn't do much of anything after the home run there. Okay, well, fine. We're done with Hayes. The substance of this victory and the reason that it came across and felt even as convincing as it was, was the bullpen. After Chad Cool went out, he pitched... Uh, only three innings. He struggled, as did, by the way, Kyle Hendricks, Chicago starter, with the same thing early on where they had difficulty gripping the ball. Both pitchers talked about the same thing, so I hope that uh, Cool gets as much a benefit of the doubt as Mr. Cy Young on the other side. After Cool went out, Dwayne Underwood Jr., scoreless inning, struck out all three batters he faced. Clay Holmes, scoreless inning, struck out one. Sam Howard, scoreless inning, struck out all three batters he faced. (laughs) David Bednar, the star reliever down in Bradenton, scoreless inning, two strikeouts. Everyone I just mentioned, all those guys, Underwood, Holmes, Howard, and Bednar, not one of them even gave up a hit, not a single hit. Chris Stratton came on for the eighth. He did give up a run on a hit. And then Richard Rodriguez came in uh, for the ninth, as I, I'd known all along this was going to be Derek Shelton's guy that he would at least tab first to close. 
and he did, and he looked pretty cool, even though he, he did walk uh, one batter after an out, and Adam Frazier had to come to the mound thinking that that uh, Rich Rod needed some kind of, I don't know, calming down or whatever. Rich Rod was born that way. <laughs> Rich Rod, you could tell, just kind of looking at him like, what are you doing here? <laughs> For that matter, who are you? But he wrapped it up with two really, really dynamic strikeouts of his own. Wow, did he have some stuff. But I could have picked out any of these guys. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm looking at the box score. Six guys followed Chad Cool, and the Cubs couldn't do a thing with any of them. And if you're going to blame the cold weather because pitchers always have the advantage in cold weather because the hitters kind of clutch up and they're not as loose, they're not as warm, well, then good luck explaining the 411-foot bomb that preceded this and other contact by both teams. This was a tour de force by these guys, and I would be tempted and am tempted to downplay almost every other thing I see these Pirates do well, at least for the time being, into the short term, except for the relief pitching. Because it isn't even just these guys. As Chad Cool very, very fairly brought up himself afterward. Unbelievable. I mean, each guy just passing the torch. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent in that bullpen. Um, and there's... Um, you know, guys that have done it uh, for a little while now and some guys that are young and, um, you know, trying to stake claim, you know. Uh, so it's unbelievable, uh, especially on a day like today, to have, you know, eight warm-up pitches and have it ready. Um, really impressive. I don't know what kind of general manager Ben Charrington is going to be over time because he can have all the right plans and the great approach and the super cool uh personality that he does he's really kind of a laid back he doesn't get you super excited when he talks or anything but his his brain is at some other level and he can have all that and it doesn't matter without execution and we can't realistically attach any execution to what we witnessed in 2020 Charrington had said himself he just wanted to see the talent he wanted to see what he had well he saw it and so did a 19 and 41 record and that was when he started making the moves that he's made. But the focus is so much on his moves, meaning the trades that brought in prospects, because ultimately those are going to be the ones that build the real foundation of the Pirates being competitive, that I wonder at times if maybe he doesn't get enough credit for what he's already doing. Some of the moves that he's made for guys who are already here, who are already making an impact. Bednar was one small piece of the Joe Musgrove trade, which brought five total prospects. Dwayne Underwood was an off-season pickup. Miguel Yahure, who's not here right now, I don't think he's going to be a part of this bullpen, although they left that open because of the way this season is going to go, as we saw yesterday. But that, that player, with the best off-speed stuff that I've seen in the entire system, including Pittsburgh, came in the Jamison Tyone trade, as did Rowanzi Contreras, owner of the 100-plus mile-an-hour fastball and the dive under your bat right after that curveball. Uh, it's, it's a really impressive collection of arms, 
And to echo cool here, I'm not even scratching the surface in naming all of the names. Some of them are holdovers from the previous front office. And trust me, along the way, for as little as I think of what they did, they'll get their credit, at least from this one voice, as it happens. But I'll also recognize that there are going to be times where players or pitchers who were acquired by Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark and didn't perform very well might have had things corrected by having a general manager embracing pitching biomechanics and bringing in uh, not only people who know and understand that new science, but also the equipment and the, the room. I mean, Ben Charrington uh, went to Bob Nutting and asked if he could build an entire room, like a department of biomechanics at the Pirate City Complex in Bradenton, and that's, that's done. That's been built. The pitchers are already benefiting from that. And if you think that that's just hot air from either me or from them when they say it, Trust me on this. Trust me. If you don't ever trust me on anything, trust me on this one. The pitchers speak of this as if they have just climbed to the top of the mountain, the clouds have parted, and they've seen the sun for the first time in their lives. That's how they behave. Doesn't mean they're all going to be fixed by it or turned into, uh, oh, you know, Kyle Hendricks. But it does mean that significant improvements have been made in the acquisition development, and instruction of pitchers. And there was not a more glaring deficiency under previous management for 12 years. So while this was all fun and encouraging and everything else yesterday, as well as what we've seen this spring, let's also bear in mind that Charrington's just getting started just getting started when we come back to more questions. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the North Shore Tavern. It's located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park and directly adjacent to Mike's Beer Bar, the sister-slash-companion venture over there. Same ownership, same kitchen, same great quality. If you've been to Mike's and you've enjoyed the experience, check out North Shore Tavern because even though it's right there and it's the same everything, it's a it's a different and special experience in and of itself. I don't say that just because of Steak on a Stone, which everybody talks about. I say it also because it's the only pirate sports bar, at least the only one I'm aware of anywhere on the planet, and it's beautiful in that sense. Check out the North Shore Tavern. Today's question comes from Sean Daniels. And before I read his question, I have to tell you that after the game, after the game ended here yesterday, one of the first messages that I see on Twitter is Sean tweeting out to nobody in particular. I can't wait to hear what DK has to say on his daily shot tomorrow. I hope I didn't let you down, my man. But in the process, he also sent 
this question. Minus leaving men stranded on base, do you think this game's production can lead to a 500 or even a winning season? Well, when you say this game's production, Sean, let's omit, because of the way you worded it, let's omit the pitching. I assume you're talking about the offense because since you mentioned the stranded on base and the production. So the Pirates went 3-for-20 with runners in scoring position. On one hand, that's kind of a downer of a number. And on the other hand, it's the most uplifting thing you've heard about the Pirates in a very long time. They took 20 at-bats with runners in scoring position. 20 official at-bats with someone either on second or on third. This did come up with... Derek Shelton after the game and his response plain and simple was if we have nights like that we're in for a pretty good year and I'll take it a step further if they have 20 at bats with runners in scoring position every game the rest of the year you are about to see Pittsburgh's sixth world series championship this fall it's not going to happen Because the hardest thing to do in baseball is to get on base. It just is. That's what the numbers are. The rate of failure. You get into the Hall of Fame if you can get on base four out of ten times. You fail six times. What they did in this game against, I'll reiterate, a Cy Young guy in Kyle Hendricks was to produce nine hits to reach on 11 walks. Now, walks, you know, walks are primarily the result of bad pitching. They also can be the result of of being selective, of being patient, of recognizing that when the guy before you took this type of pitch or took that type of pitch, that you should go up there and take that type of pitch as well and maybe go up there not so much with the bat on your shoulder, but at least with that in the back of your mind. The Pirates did that very, very well. They did not come up with timely hits other than Jacob Stallings came up with the the big double that he mashed into deep left. Adam Frazier had an RBI double, had an RBI single, also had a couple of walks. He'll just never stop. And, of course, Kebrian Hayes had the monster home run. So, wait, didn't I just come up with four big hits there? Right? Well, that's actually a pretty decent total for a game. So if we take away the runners in scoring position component of it, because Hayes' home run came after Frazier had walked, so there wasn't anybody in scoring position, but he still got two runs in with one swing. That's clutch. So I'll revisit the whole concept here and say that if you had the Pirates scoring five runs on a regular basis and having 20 people 
<laughs> reach base. That's the part that matters. It really is. I'm not even going to get into the deeper, advanced analytical discussion as to whether or not uh, RBIs or clutch exist. The statisticians very firmly believe that they do not, and they have voluminous evidence to support it. I'm very rarely that black and white or on anything, and my feeling is that as opposed to rising up to a situation, the hitters that are the most effective with runners in scoring position or men on base are the hitters who just stay themselves, who just remain who they are, who don't lose it, who don't freak out. Shelton made a great observation about Stallings before his hit. He noted that it was a, a pitch that Stallings had fouled off. Stallings had no business getting his bat on that ball at all. And when it happened, Stallings kind of looked in the direction of the dugout. The Pirates are, the visitors here at Wrigley Field are always on the first base side. He looked in the direction of the dugout and started laughing. And Shelton knew why he was laughing. He had no business touching that ball. That can screw a hitter up, something fierce. One pitch like that, one effort like that, where you think, I'm just, I'm now getting into defensive mode. He didn't defend anything. He then saw a pitch that he loved, and he destroyed it. I mean, he really hit that ball hard, that double. Over the outfielder's heads. That's, that's a fair amount of clutch for one game. And I'm not about to dump on the team that scored five runs that came up with four significant hits and put 20 people on the base paths. That's all positive. There are no negatives in that. Thanks, Sean, again uh, for the kind words, and thanks for sending in the question. Thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll be back with these Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.